Hi everyone and welcome to the Be You Mum podcast. I'm Annie, mum, wife, nutritional therapist, music lover and believer that animal print will never go out of fashion. I believe that we are at our most happiest and healthiest when all parts of ourselves are aligned and singing in harmony, the mind, body, heart and spirit. For me, like most, motherhood has been life-changing. It has opened up so many opportunities to learn more about myself and grow and become a better version of me and generally better human being. So this is what this podcast is all about. Conversations with awesome people who will inspire, inform and empower you to be more you at your brightest and best. Just like health and happiness, I believe there is no one-size-fits-all approach to motherhood. Learning to better understand, love and be yourself is one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. So I hope you will join me on this podcast journey of self-discovery, self-growth and self-love because when we connect with ourselves and step into our personal power, our mummy magic can truly shine. So please keep listening and remember, always be more you. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the Be You Mum podcast with me, Annie Breen. I can't believe I've got to episode 10, especially considering the last couple of weeks have been really challenging in terms of illness and sickness bugs and how your schedule is just completely thrown out. So this is an achievement. And who better to celebrate episode 10 with than Jojo Fraser? Jojo is an author, she is a podcaster and motivational speaker. She runs the Mummy Jojo blog and has been a mental health researcher for six years. She's often dubbed the queen of positivity and her intention is to give everyone she spends time with a mojo injection. And oh boy, she does. And I really needed it this week. Jojo and I have a really good discussion around mental health. Not just the bad, but also the good. What does it take to feel well? What raises your vibe? What makes you feel happy? Jojo shares her personal story with mental health and how her dad suffered really badly. She talks about how it affected him and her and the whole family, but most importantly and really inspiring how they came through it. We talk about um, motherhood and specifically around perfectionism and the misconception of the perfect mum and how more often than not, actually, that's not a person, but your inner critical voice, which is so, so true. We talk about the importance of connection and supporting each other And just taking the mask off and being there, regardless of our differences or different values or different belief systems. We talk about how lack of connection can make us feel or leave us feeling quite misunderstood or like there's something wrong. um, Where Jojo actually says we should be celebrating our individuality or our weirdness, as she puts it. Totally agree with that. We talk about the importance of looking beneath the surface when it comes to mental health, that it's usually deep-rooted and we're all different and all have different life experiences um, that express in different ways. 
we talk about the societal responsibility, which I think is really, really important. There is a huge kind of movement at the moment encouraging people to talk about their um, mental health. But at the same time, we need to be educating people to understand and listen. And we talk about values. I think that's come up in every single podcast so far. Jojo says, how do we know our value if we don't know our values? Which I absolutely love. She brings so much energy and just kindness and wisdom to our conversation and a whole load of mojo. So I really hope you enjoy the conversation. I certainly did. Um, so without further ado, let's get into episode 10. So hi, Jojo. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I am so excited because right now, as a lot of people probably know, I have a cold. <laughs> I like to make that very apparent and I need a mojo injection. So I am so excited to talk to you today. I think I, um, I first came across you after listening to your podcast and it just really kind of resonated with me because the conversations you have are so honest and open and there's just a huge variety of different people, different backgrounds, different challenges. And actually, although quite a lot of the stuff is quite, um, we talk about different struggles and challenges, it's very uplifting always. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring you on to talk around mental health and what you do and how we can inject more mojo into our lives. So I wondered if you could mm. start by introducing you and what led you to be doing the work you do today and what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So Mojo is, it's handy because it rhymes with my name and uh, Jojo's Mojo and there's so many different words out there. Perhaps you don't like the word Mojo, you think it's gimmicky, you could go for that little bit of magic or that essence of you or basically that part of you that is singing, dancing out of your critical mind. Um, and we can all be out of our mind in the best way. And all my life, I was either seen as a complete weirdo um, for being so positive and singing and dancing because that's not the norm. And if we're to break that down and repeat that, it's not the norm to be happy. That's quite a, a sad statement, right? It is not normal to be happy. So I kind of started to tone it down um, and sort of think about why, why I felt misunderstood. People would think I was after something or, you know, what, what do you want? And I was saying, no, I just, it's just the way I am. Um, now I realize it wasn't happiness, it was joy. So happiness is all the external things. I love happiness. I love, you know, champagne, laughing with friends, music, all this great stuff. But it was something deeper underneath the surface. Um, I had made peace with myself and I was brought up in a very spiritual home um, so I think that really helped to give me a positive outlook on life from the start that um, builds resilience and we can learn from mistakes and tr learning to turn down the dials on the ego which you know the studies show isn't great for our mental health but we all have ego we all have what I call a monster on our shoulder that, that tells us it's driven by our ego that tells us we're not good enough or um, judges others so very high on judgment so I guess subtly this has always been the undertone of my life um, I love performing um, I ended up doing a business degree and then 
I've always written, so the blogging was a natural way for me to go. So I just, I guess my thing has been really honest and my passion is to create content that really helps people with real issues, taking the masks off. So when my dad got sick, and I'm very, very like my dad, it really hurt me and I took it personally. He was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety and he was, we almost lost him, it was awful. Um, he went from 12 stone to 6 stone. It was just, he didn't want to be here anymore. And the natural reaction is to see what have I done? Why does dad not want me in his life anymore? And it was a process of, for me to learn that nothing is personal and we can't take other people's mental health personally. And as I started to dive deeper into it and interview hundreds of people about happiness, joy, mental health, well-being, emotional, spiritual, physical, it, it's all connected. I realized that, you know, it's at our mental, our full overall health is really at the heart of everything. And there's a lot we can't see and we disguise it, surface level stuff. And I just wanted to break that down and get a little bit deeper to help people find a happier state. So that's kind of the inspiration behind it. I'm obsessed with creating content. I love people. I love leading. And I believe we're all leaders. So I want to help people realize that we're all leaders. We're all influencers. And a lot of people don't like name influencer but we're all we, we all have the potential to do incredible things so that's a bit of a ramble <laughs> but I hope that gives you a snapshot oh absolutely and I read your book that I recommend to everyone to read because again just so honest and I think you wrote a letter to your dad didn't you at, at the mm -hmm. begin near the beginning of the book it was um, you read it out and it is so hard because I think when you are unwell and probably both of us have experienced both sides of the coin. Um, I've been around people that have been really, really unwell and I've been that person as well. And I think the ego grows because you have to put yourself first. You don't have the capacity to actually you know, care for anyone else because the problem, the black dog, however you describe it is so big, it's all consuming, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that's not coming from a place of, you know, um, intentional hurt or being malicious, you know, it's just coming from a place of pain and that yeah. can grow so big. And I, I, I used to work with people that specifically suffered with mental health and addiction. And I saw how the despair of their families and friends and how they kind of in in the end some of them walked away because they just didn't know what to do and it's really really it's it's so sad and i think when you talk about getting underneath that that's exactly it isn't it it's looking beneath the diagnosis beneath those kind of symptoms what's really really going on and something that i'm quite passionate about that i've been thinking about recently is we're kind of encouraging people to talk about their mental health, which I think absolutely 100%. But I think we also need to educate people to understand and listen so that that is received in a way that's kind of helpful. And everything that you do, like all your blogs and all your content, your podcasts, is absolutely doing that because it's insightful. It's looking below the surface and it's allowing people to see, oh, not judge that person by what they're seeing. But actually, gosh, what's behind that? Like, what, what pain? And, and what are some of the things in terms of mental health? And this is a very broad question. But what are you seeing time and time again as being um, causes of mental health? And some of the things that you found to be really, really helpful? Mm -hmm. 
I think it's a very complicated, we all have this private life lens and we've been fed labels over the years, you know, oh, I hear them all the time and I challenge people all the time. Uh, some people find me far too intense because I just can't, we're, we're more than this, we're made for more than this, okay, so a dad said to someone, oh, but your sister's got the brains. So I'm sitting over the dinner table with this beautiful girl saying, oh, but my dad always said my sister had the brains. Subconsciously, she's carried that her whole life. Now, how many opportunities has she missed because she's holding on to that label? So I guess labeling is a big part of it. Not just from, we can't just blame parents and carers because society as a whole is responsible for this. Okay. And it takes the pressure off as parents because I'm sending my kids to school. Someone could say something that really impacts them. All I can do is my best to build them up. But at the end of the day, it's not all on me. It's not all on my husband. We all make mistakes. Um, so I see labels from society, things that we've carried, these really deep-rooted limiting beliefs, perhaps trauma that we've buried. And a lot of us, you know, can't always remember tra trauma because the brain's very clever and it blocks things out. So trauma that we've carried. Um, and if you don't deal with that trauma, it kind of festers. And it's easier to not deal with the trauma, but when you deal with it, that's when you get more fulfillment. So a lot of um, you know baggage, a lot of stuff underneath the surface that's not been released. Um, a lack of time to be calm. I mean, our brain needs quiet to grow, to be renewed. And if you're a new mom or dad, you're not getting a lot of quiet and you're not getting a lot of sleep. Now, we know there's a lot of research on sleep. If you're not getting the deep sleep, you know, that's, that's going to come out in form of panic attacks. And I can really think back to a place where I was burning the candle at both ends, traveling, and I had a panic attack. Now, one of the reasons was because I wasn't getting enough deep sleep. So that came out in the form of a panic attack because my body was just saying, well, you're not giving me the sleep. I'll show you this. But another huge thing, huge thing, which is at the heart of a lot of our, our mental well-being and emotional is a lack of connection. We do not, you know, you feel misunderstood. I had the panic attack, not just because of the lack of sleep, but because I felt lonely and isolated in one of the most beautiful countries in the world. People didn't understand me. And one guy said to me in a bar one night, he said, I just don't get you. Like, what are you about? Why are you always so positive? What are you after? And I kind of reconnected with kindness and said, look, I wouldn't change anything about you. You are the way you are. I am the way I am. I'm not after anything. I'm just me. Um, but when I had the panic attack on the pier, all I could hear in my head was, who are you? Who are you? I'd taken on that form of feedback that I didn't like, and I, it stuck. Um, so I felt really deeply lonely, like no one understood me. I didn't have those soul connections. So I think we all need to have our community of people that really get us and understand us and celebrate our weirdness. Um, but I mean, there's so many factors and I think it's just people not knowing their value as well. Yeah. We are actually incredible. We are, I genuinely believe we're all equal and we all have the ability to do amazing things, but all these barriers get in our way, you know? Yeah, I think the layers of life shape your identity. And 
excuse me and actually it's getting back to that kind of inner child that person beneath like who are you and, w- and when you have things like panic attacks like on reflection now I can look back and think they're mega opportunities like this is the body trying to tell you something about you maybe you're not living life aligned with your values maybe you haven't got clarity on your values maybe you're not fulfilling your purpose at the time you tell someone that's in a really dark space that like they'll probably put their finger up at you but I can honestly look back and think without those dark patches I wouldn't have found my strength my creativity you know so they are kind Mm. of um I say blessings in disguise they're opportunities to grow and for me that's what life is about like you talked about trauma so so many of those experiences are laid down before the age of seven and that hardwires how we respond to stress our behavior the safety behaviors that we develop um but that's not your destiny and when you can be surrounded by people that understand and oh my goodness there are some wonderful therapists out there like you know there's all sorts of people that do energy healing counseling reiki like oh i think all these things are wonderful and it's so personal it depends on who you are and what's going to be right for you but i'd encourage people to try many things but i think it's first valuing your health understanding that's not your destiny you don't have to fit into that square, that round hole. You know, I think we grow up, don't we? Society is changing, but we're trying to fit in. But actually, mm-hmm. it's like what you were saying. You were described as being weird or different. And that's what we need to embrace, that kind of wild heart, that difference, because that is the beauty. That's what's going to help change the world. <laughs> It really is. And I think once you realize that and you really take time to be still and contemplate what your personal values are, and I I write a line in my second book, which I'm busy finishing and loving, um, is how can you know your value if you don't even know what your values are? Like, what, what are your values? And then once you know your values, you can think, wow, I can put all my energy into living a life in line with, with these values and that's when the magic happens because you're being true to the person that you're meant to be not the you know we take on stories like oh I'm the grumpy one I'm the critical one I'm the oh you know I hear so I'm the strong one I'm what do you what is really really important to you at the root of your being and I, I think a lot of us have the same deep need we, we need love right love is the most powerful value um love is at the, I mean I was giving a talk recently and I was saying, where do we go from love? It actually does stop us in our tracks. I was reading last night about a woman who was mugged and she just kept saying to the guy, I love you. I love you. We're both children of God. Like, I love you. And he just stopped in his track, dropped her, her purse and he couldn't do anything. He was just, love is powerful. And if someone is really cruel to you or you you feel like it's cruel <clears throat> and as we always say hurt people hurt people and you can just give them a hug rather than react with anger react with pain um and that obviously depends on which place you're at i've had for example my mother-in-law come over and she's very feisty character and she'll see how it is and if i've been good mentally and she said to me oh you're not doing enough around the house when i'm like juggling everything 
and I'm feeling triggered. There's been times I've just hugged her and said, look, let's just support each other. You know, we're all trying our best. But then there's also been times I've reacted. How dare you speak to me like that? Do you know how much I'm doing? I've got kids. I've got a job. I've got, you know, do you think housework is, you know, and, and then you're reacting. And what that's doing is that pushes her away. Whereas if I say, you know, let's just work together. I, I, I see your point, but I'm really struggling right now to balance everything. Let's just have a hug. We need each other. Where do you go from there? I think that's amazing you shared that because it's almost someone coming into your house, whoever that is, a family member, a friend, and that they're sharing their values. To them, having a tidy environment is obviously important. It's their value, isn't it? So they're seeing it through the lens of their own value systems. And this is where deep understanding and acceptance, I think, comes in. Because it's just, do you know what, that's okay for them. And this is the way I do things. But let's just hug each other. And you know, we're both in it together. And let's just forget about our differences for a minute. And I think that absolutely 100%. And, and what would you say in terms of, um, so you talked about just being still and creating space. As a nation, we don't really do that, do we? Like we're just on the go 24-7. It actually feels uncomfortable sometimes, especially as a mum, to sit down and just give yourself five or 10 minutes. So in terms of like motherhood and creating that space or stillness, just to kind of tune in, how, what would you recommend? How do you go about that? How do you manage your kind of mental health and create stillness in your life? Because you're obviously a mom, you've got your business, you're busy. I, I think it comes back to values. So first of all, I always ask, why should I make the time when it feels impossible? And my answer is one, I need to practice what I preach. <laughs> um, if my well-being is at the heart of my world and it's going to impact everyone in my life then I I have to make this time because if I don't have this time I'm not going to be as good a mom a wife a friend a daughter you name it so I always start with why why should I take this time when it feels like I have none obviously you need a support system you can't just leave the kids on their own um so and my kids don't sleep much they have serious FOMO they just we don't want to miss anything. And um, so I, I am lucky in the sense that I've got a hands-on husband. Um, but even if I didn't, I, I think just trying to find a way, you know, getting a support, saying to friends, like, I'm really struggling. Or whatever family you can find, or if you can afford it, getting someone in to give you that time. So working out how you can make that time. And making sure those around you know how important it is. And compromising. It's important for all of us to have this time. Um, so very much working as a team to get it. So at the most hectic stage, when I had two kids and Charlie was constantly just feeding, so he's attached to me constantly. It was impossible. It felt impossible sometimes, but I would just go running. And I, I signed up for a 10K and I write about this in chapter four, about people trying to talk me out of it. Don't do that. You're mad. You're, you're a new mom. You shouldn't be doing that. But actually that running was my sanity. And it's when all the true downloads would come about who, what's really important to me. And it just gave me that quiet space. And people would say, oh, perfect mom going running. But actually, no, it was perfect. Just a, a mom running for sanity. It, it wasn't about being this perfect mom, which, you know, I don't really like the expression perfect. Um, but yeah, so just I, I would come back and I would have to attach 
Charlie as soon as I got home. You know, he was screaming for me, and I'd only been gone. He'd been dead. He was just greedy. He'd throw it back up. He didn't need it. But uh, <laughs> feeding on demand, you know, he just wanted to eat all day. So I would go for a 40-minute run. I'd come back, and then whack him on. And you just survive. But that time really got me through those crazy early days. And now it's slightly different in that I have a bit more freedom. The kids are older. But, for example, last night I was saying, let's watch Harry Potter in a movie. We're sort of halfway through it. And I really wanted to watch it. But I also had committed to go to a meditation class. I said, look, can we watch Harry Potter tomorrow? It's really important to me that I do this meditation tonight. I really need it. I need to get still. Uh, and we compromise and, you know, and, and he'll say to me, sometimes I really need this time at the gym or I really need this just time on my own. And, and we just work together and we find the time and we make the time. But it's every day there is, there are obstacles that come in our way. Yeah. It's hard work, isn't it? Finding mm-hmm. that. Um, I think sometimes when we're striving for balance, we're just striving for equilibrium kind of balance and it's not really like that it's more surfboard balance or paddle boarding like sometimes you need to put the right foot down a little bit harder and if that's training that's what it is but then you'll take it back later maybe then your partner will go and exercise or you'll do some more time with the kids or whatever that looks like but I think it's working at it daily and it's communicating and I think it's it's listening to each other as well like what are your needs what are my needs are they both being met and if you've got two parents that are having their needs met about 80% of the time then you know that is gonna I feel it has an impact on your children if you're both happy I certainly feel it with Bonnie we both got Bonnie's by the way I really do feel it that Bonnie will pick up on the stresses that me and Dan carry off. We're not looking after ourselves because generally then we're not as happy as what we could be. So this is kind of what I talk about with putting yourself first, not in a selfish way, but just in a, you know, it's self-preservation. It's really important because your child will only um, see that. They'll see how you value yourself and hopefully take that on board them, themselves. And But they'll also be part of this much happier unit where you can just have more fun so it is hard work it doesn't come easy you don't just agree this schedule that's what's going to happen and then it happens I think you do have to kind of work at it each day and I love what you said about running being space so to create space we don't need to sit like a buddha and meditate like we can go outside we can be moving we can be singing we can be dancing we could put some music on while we do some housework I think there's ways that we can lift our vibe, create space, tune in. For me, my creativity happens in the shower. I have my coffee and then I have a shower and I think of all these wonderful things. I've written books in there. Like I've written all sorts of amazing blogs that have never, ever, ever reached the public. <laughs> but it's, it's, it is just whatever works for you and it's understanding that. And you talked about solitude. You also talked about connection. And I think this again is where you kind of need your own kind of balance. But what... What do you think um, is the issue now with us sort of losing connection? Do you think social media is helpful or harmful? What do you think needs to happen to kind of foster that connection of really, um, you know, good relationships so people can talk about how they feel? Yeah, I think social media is amazing in so many ways because people with similar interests find each other and they form the best friendships. And, you know, I meet amazing people like yourself through 
finding each other on social media um, with shared values. And I, I think that's really important. But then there's a side of it that you become a people pleaser on there and you follow loads and loads of people, but perhaps some of them, the accounts just make you feel that kind of inner critic coming. I don't look like them or I'm not as amazing as they are or you know and, and when you start to feel that imposter syndrome I think you just need to be really careful and take a step back because it's natural and we are all going to have times like that where you think oh they've got loads of speaking gigs or their art's amazing or it could just be anything you know um so I think we just need to really check in with ourselves. um social media is terrifying in ways as a mum because we think of our teenagers going in with all those hormones, having to look a certain way. And I love getting my makeup done professionally. It's a real treat when I get it done. But there's people feeling the pressure to look like this every day. The media does still let us down. Um, you know, there's influences on there that are not good role models for the kids. Um, their values are, in my opinion, not great. Um, I mean, appetite suppressant lollies would be a, a very obvious example. But then when it becomes all consuming with the superficial stuff, how we look, and I always say to Bonnie, you know, she loves makeup and she loves playing with mine. I say, look, it's fine to have passion and to enjoy putting on makeup, but you are so much more than how you look. You know, I was raised all my life. It's inside that really counts. That's what really counts. You can celebrate. It's nice to get dressed up and feel good. But when it becomes all-consuming, when it's just all about how you look, I think we need to be careful. So Instagram, we're probably in a bit of danger there, and there's a lot of work we still need to do. Um, but I think it's just educating, keep talking about it, encouraging people to follow accounts that really light them up, make them feel great, make them feel valuable, not just based on how they look. You know, I've interviewed models who say they had to give up the job because they were sick of just being uh, a kind of you know an object like oh move that way or oh, you could lose some weight there or oh no that and apparently it's really cutthroat you know that angle oh you're awful in that picture because it's a professional it's just no oh that's really not good oh and um, airbrush that part and, and they've just said look I'm more than the way I look and my life has become all about the way I look so some people can probably handle it not everyone can um so I think it's just making sure that we do have time to really express ourselves and have a creative outlet that's not just how you look yeah you know what I mean? absolutely and there are thankfully a lot of groups online accounts people to follow that get this and you know they are kind of um uh, being honest and open and being true and I think those people are really inspiring and you're absolutely right like I know that when I first became when I first had Bonnie I was seeing what everyone else was doing and it was making me think oh my goodness is there something wrong with me why I can't be doing that but then I think I actually turned into that person because then I would only post pictures of when I was out doing stuff with Bonnie as well and mm -hmm. you know it they say it's like your reel of high you can't compare someone's reel of highlights to your behind the scenes and it's so true it's just a snapshot in a moment isn't it 
And I think social media is wonderful for connection in terms of connecting with like-minded people, following accounts of people that really get it. Absolutely. But I, I actually think this is where discipline and boundaries come in, that you just need to manage it. You just need to manage it. One of my boundaries is like, stop mindlessly scrolling like I'll pick up my phone to check my email next minute I'm looking at cats with hats on or something or like I've gone off on a tangent and it's like ah like if I could claw back all of that time there was um someone did a survey on the mother kind podcast and they found that mums increase their usage of social media by three hours a day when they become mums, which is quite incredible. And I think it shows that we're looking for connect. We're looking for something, aren't we? So it's awesome. The work that, that you're doing in your blogs, because that's having a really kind of positive impact. Um, what was, what would you say? Sorry, have you got anything to say on that? Sorry. The one point I wanted to add is I think what's interesting is a lot more people tune into my stories on Instagram behind the scenes than I get engagement on my squares. So That's I think I, 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 and I've, I've done a poll and I think it was like 90% said they were just there for the stories. Um, and my followers on stories have grown and grown over the years and people keep coming back. Maybe they like the behind the scenes, the realness of it. I don't know. Um, I think people, that's so interesting. And people can really connect with that. Like for for ages, I was kind of like, because we're renovating the house, where can I put my camera that people can't see that? And now I'm just like, do you know what? It's real life. And I don't want to paint a false picture. Like you can't see the rest of the house right now, but it ain't pretty. (laughs) But that's real life and it's okay. What are, I'm interested, we talked about values. What are your values? What are your main ones that you check in with regularly? Well, do you, is it greedy to have, because sometimes I think, you think, how many values should I have? Because I could have a book full. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you the ones that are really important to me. Love, of course. Uh, joy, which is the deep stuff. You know, um, and I write about a lot of that in my my next book. Um, Peace, like compassion. Um, So I'm not big on conflict. I I really struggle with that. Um, So trying to find a level of peace, which comes in with compassion and empathy. So really listening. You know, we have two ears and only one mouth. So empathy, like really trying to get into someone else's mind and, and, and really trying to connect with them as they are as well so not judging um I would say very you know keeping an open mind always so curiosity being really curious rather than judgmental that is massive to me um and another thing is freedom so freedom to but there's uh, freedom is great Freedom and some people are killed for expressing free, you know, freedom of speech. You know, we don't all have that pleasure. But I would say with that, there's a clause. It's great to be free to live our life in line with our values. But I think always considering your intentions before you speak, because there's power in freedom, but there's also a lot of danger in the freedom we have with our words. So actually taking a step back and being clear about 
do I have a point here? Do, is the feedback valid or am I simply being triggered from something that's happened to me in the past? And how can I present my words in a way that won't hurt anyone? Um, so that comes back to peace. So I would say a lot of my values are really connected. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, they are. And, and fun. Fun. Yeah, so we've got some similar ones and I'd say freedom's one of mine and I kind of relate that to inner freedom, like emotional freedom. Because I think a lot of the time, like for me and when I've spoken to others is when you're suffering with mental health, however that is for you, you feel like a prisoner in your own head. You feel very kind of stuck. So it's having that emotional freedom to kind of speak your truth in a kind way and I think curiosity links into that because if someone says something to you that triggers you or, or you you know what, what why are they saying that if we can learn to understand it and like be curious it's like Brené Brown asking the difficult questions isn't it then we can respond rather than react appropriately. And it's okay for people to have different, you know, opinions. They're viewing it through different lenses. Uh, and mm-hmm. absolutely, like, I also see that um, for me, it's really viewing life through the lens of growth. Because if we're constantly learning and we're constantly curious, that will lead to more love and fun and, and, and freedom. And it's, it's looking at things like um, real deep struggles, challenges, you know, traumas that we come up against that, oh my goodness, you just couldn't predict some of these things happening. It's allowing yourself to kind of feel that and not try and suppress it. And over time with the right support and understanding and having listening ears, you know, that empathy, just unpicking that, reframing it and kind of coming through that and using it as some kind of opportunity. I do believe that. And I know there'll be some people listening that like, you know, they can't get over why certain things have, have happened to them but it it does come down to acceptance and not letting that then dictate your life isn't it and this could take time it takes support it takes it's it's completely unique like how did you just going back to the story with your dad how did you look after yourself in that time what did you learn how did you kind of deal with that because that I can only imagine is incredibly difficult yeah it's a form of grief because the person's not there anymore they're physically there but they're not there and um so a lot of tears I I remember watching my dad's speech at our our wedding to say how much he loved me and and I just broke down in tears for you know just missing missing him and thinking I may never get him back um and that was really hard times so just letting the emotion come out crying don't hold the tears in it's really bad for us um, running absolutely was a lifeline. You know, I would visit him in a hosp- hospital and then I would run sometimes home from the hospital. So that was about 8K. And um, often it was really hard going into hospital because he would say, I don't want you here. And he'd push us away. So it was really challenging. And also having all the, the new hormones as a, a mum. Uh, you know, Charlie was just tiny. Sometimes I'd have to take him in with me because he was just feeding constantly. So that was really, really hard to go through that. I think just talking about it and sometimes I didn't want to talk about it people would say how's your dad how's your dad and sometimes I just didn't have the energy to speak about it so I would write about it Um, and running helped me to get to that place of creativity so 
writing and running, um, just having that outlet to, you know, really explore how I was feeling and then try and show compassion and try and be open-minded and curious about it rather than taking it personally. So just a lot of self-discovery, really. Mm. Um, but writing is amazing for everyone, even if you don't want to write a book and share it with the world. You can burn it. You can have your own, you know, little ceremony when you've written everything out and you can, or you take it to a place that's special to you, burn it or do what you need to do, uh, save the planet though. But, um, but yeah, having that, having that space really helped. And then, of course, the great thing was because I've been writing, I was able to share that to help others. And, and the, the amount of people that viewed that blog that I'd written about dad, and thankfully dad is my biggest fan again. Um, he listens to podcasts. He read my book. He loved it, thankfully, because, you know, the first chapter is all about that healing process. And then he said to me, Joe, was I really that bad? And I said, yeah. I said, you are. And he said, oh. And uh, he, he, he had a wee joke about the letter. He said, uh, I put in words on my mouth. And we just laughed because that's what dad is. He, he just laughs. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He is just a wonderful human being. And uh, it was just amazing that he was able to to laugh and, and, and to also say, I'm so proud of you. And this book is really going to help people. Yeah. Um, what an amazing thing to come out of because it could have gone the other way he could have said yeah. what are you talking about this is my business and you've made a story out of it and you know it could have gone completely the other way but because I know my dad so well and we're so similar I knew that deep down he would want this and also I know that if it ever happened to me that I would want that for my kids too I'd want them to read the letter that says you know just Stay and hold my hand and, and don't listen to anything that I tell you that's not true. You know, it's not true. I love letters. Like I do recommend that my clients write a letter to themselves when they're feeling good so that when they have those times that they're not feeling so great, that they can read that back and know there's hope and know that things are okay and it's temporary. I'm putting mm. together <laughs> my own manual at the moment for me. And it's exactly what we've spoken about. It's just putting down my values. What's important, my boundaries, how do I channel my energy? What raises my vibe? Like, so I know, to go and put some Foo Fighters on when I'm feeling that kind of uh, feeling. It, you know, it's just a little reminder. And I think we always need that little reminder. And I think you've said in your book about nothing is effortless. And that's true. We need to work at it. We need to work at changing our belief systems. We need to work at passion. It doesn't just happen. It comes from work. Um, and, and I think what you described is the fact when that when you were going through that with your dad or your dad was going through that, that's so tough, but you kept going to visit him and you kept looking after you. You did the running, you did the writing, whereas you could have not, you could have turned to alcohol or another coping mechanism or another kind of strategy or not gone. So I think it just shows that you couldn't change him in that situation, but you could just be there and that's love. And then... Yeah, and yeah. My husband was a great support because he'd gone through it with his mom when he was younger and he was the one that if I felt like giving up and saying what's the point I've just driven across here Charlie's cried the whole way because he just wants to be feeding and for what 
to be told to go away and he would say look we will keep going you know sometimes you need other people to shine the light on what you should do um because we will all hear those ah i can't do this anymore i can't do it It's, it's too hard it's too much but just having that encouragement yes you can and remember why we're here he would be here for you so yeah and it's seeing your dad it's seeing that person whoever is in their highest self like you Mm. know that wasn't him that was a version of him under so many different kind of conditions internally externally that were going on and it's it's hard but it's seeing that best version of your dad isn't it in those darker moments and you're absolutely right shining that light because that's a little light of hope um which obviously had an impact so that's so lovely. And I, I just wanted to ask you, um, perfectionism, like you mentioned it, and uh, I think it's just a matter of opinion, but in your book, I think it's chapter three, you talk about the perfect mum, and you sort of use this inner critic, inner voice coming from your inner perfect mum. What would you say to any mum that's listening that might be just feeling like they're buckling under the pressure or overwhelmed or just feel like there's too many demands and they're losing themselves in place of all of those things that should be getting done? What would be your kind of advice on that? And I know we've talked about a lot so far. I would say, first of all, acknowledge that parenting is so hard It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. These people can be intensely beautiful, but insanely challenging. And sometimes you think, can I do this? I didn't think it was gonna be this hard. And people would say to me before I had kids, um, oh, it's hard, you know, it's really hard. And I would think, you know, get over it can't be that hard and look how cute they are you're so lucky (laughs) and um, we experience is so valuable and then you 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 go through it and you think wow and it's important to remember what's hardest some people may be like it's fine to you but you will find there'll be something that you find hard whether it's trying to clean or cook but you've got people screaming at your your feet you just can't do anything Perhaps it's not about you're you're happy to have a, a bit of a messier house. Just think, oh, I can handle it. You know, I'll just. So perhaps you're more stressed by the lack of sleep, or when they challenge you, or when they won't stop crying and they can't tell you why. So acknowledging that it's really really hard, and what's hard for you may be easier for someone else. It doesn't matter. Your parenting journey is unique. So I talk about, you know, the mums that made freshly baked scones and I've gone, oh, I can't do this. But then I was able to bring other things. And then when I tried making scones, it wasn't actually that hard. And it was quite a light relief to something to do with the kids when they get a bit older. But, you know, so just being honest, you know, taking the mask off and saying, these are the parts I struggle with. Just because a friend is excelling in that area doesn't, they will have something, trust me, they will be, there'll be something they struggle with. So reminding yourself of that. And then I'd say, remember your value. You know, you're not just a mom or a dad or, you know, these labels we take on, right? I'm the mom now, so I can't go out with my friends anymore. I'm the mom now, so I don't wear makeup. I'm the mom now, so it's all about my kids. This is my responsibility. I'm the mum, I'm the mum. 
and that just gets deeper and deeper within you. And then if you take that on and you hold on to that label so tightly, you lose yourself. And who you really are right now in this present moment is an amazing person full of value and just amazingness. <laughs> I don't try not to throw like labels like you're strong because we don't always have to be strong and there's nothing wrong with being weak either. It's beautiful to be weak. Um, but you are this amazing, amazing energy and you have so much value. So you are so much more than a parent. And to enjoy parenting, you need to focus on you as well. When you, whenever you can, as we spoke about earlier, you need that time. You need that compassion for yourself to really value who you are. Something I've been doing for people is if I have a chat, like I had someone on the podcast last week, they're phenomenal. And I'm sitting thinking, wow, as I do every time I record a podcast, I just love people and what they come up with. But I hear a lot of the imposter syndrome oh, I waffled too much, oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I could have done better. And I'm thinking, no. So what I do sometimes is I, I record a, a meditation for them based on the words they've given me. And I put it on my YouTube and I send them it and I say, this is for you. If anyone else finds it, fair enough. Don't do a great deal on YouTube. But I say, this is for you. And I encourage you to listen to this. These words are for you. So you are... And whatever their imposter syndrome has been saying, you know, try and take them away from that place into a place of, wow, actually I am, I am valuable and I do deserve to hear these compliments as opposed to the critical words that my mind is throwing at me. So I think time out to remember that even if you don't believe it, if you can listen to kind of some audio like that with positive affirmations, even if you really don't, deep down don't believe it, you will start to reprogram your mind and that will help you to have a more positive view on yourself and why you need to look after yourself as a mom. And that's beautiful. Like this a hundred percent works flipping those limiting beliefs or not helpful thoughts into I am statements. Literally, if you do not believe it, it's saying it time and time again and shifting, it will shift your emotional state. And I think, you know, you said at the beginning, we're kind of, um, wired in this society to look at worst case scenarios, not to allow ourselves to feel joy because we're too scared of losing it. But doing that literally shifts it to best case scenario and allowing yourself to visualize. I love vision boards. I'm a big fan of them. Really visualize more of what you do want because you can have it. You were a person before you were a mum or a dad and you've got a whole lifetime of experiences and wisdom that you can bring forward. And you know what? Back then, maybe you could sleep a bit more and maybe that was your coping mechanism, maybe going for a walk. And I think a lot of the time we feel when we become parents those coping mechanisms are whipped away because we don't have time so it's really like just going back to the basics do you know what that worked for me so I'm going to make time I'm going to value myself and I'm going to find some space to do that and if it means asking for help that's what I need to do because I'm important so yeah a hundred percent so before we go um what would you say for anyone? How do you inject more mojo into your life daily? And how do you think others can do the same? What are your big mojo injectors? <laughs> oh, wow. I just, I think getting up in the morning um, and looking in the mirror, 
saying you are amazing even if I don't believe it uh, I, I spoke to a coach and he's he's helped people to get Oscars and all sorts and, and that's what he gets them all doing like looking in the mirror and saying you're you're such a good person like you're so kind and you're just you're full of love and, and basically all the values all the things that are important to you and I'm hoping deep down deep down we're all still that baby that needs connection and love okay so you may think that your values are anger and rage but that's not true I can tell you that now and hopefully the majority listen don't think that but I can tell you now that if you think those are your values you're wrong your values are positive things that are going to make you feel better so whatever your values are if you know them or start to think about them just say them in the mirror you know your freedom your love your joy your integrity that's another big value of mine integrity and it was reviewed it came up a lot in my book reviews actually the integrity was there throughout the book and that was probably one of my favorite reviews by an, an author who's won awards may I add that's the ego and um, holding on to that but no I, I'll take it so taking the compliments integrity is so important you have integrity you are living your life in line with your values so always checking myself am I practicing what I preach am I living my life in line with my values um am I being and it's you know, sometimes you worry, you think, oh, I'm, I'm being humble, though. Because, you know, in the UK, especially, we're told, you know, don't shine too bright or don't big yourself up. But actually, that's wrong. We need to big ourselves up because we are incredible. We actually are. And if you believe that you're actually not worthy, that will reflect in your whole life. That energy will reflect everywhere. So it's, it's even if you don't. Don't believe it. Tell yourself that in the morning. And um, spontaneity is good for the soul. Too much routine can be lethal. So I've got really into wild swimming, um, and I love it. I'm in a wild swimming book, uh, okay. Taking the Plunge by Anna Deacon and um, Vicky. Uh, it's all over the press at the moment, and uh, they are they've been doing it for years. So my first wild swim was in Ely in February with Anna, who's an amazing photographer, and she captured me diving into the freezing cold water. I was terrified. I look full of joy, but actually I was like, oh, it's so cold. But having that time out to be spontaneous with the cold water immersion, scientifically, you know, with the study show, it's really, really good for us. But actually to me, it's more than just for physical health. It's mental, it's emotional and spiritual because spiritual health, we need to be in line with nature. So we need to get out in nature. I am so tempted sometimes to sit at my desk all day and write, to read. I love, I'm, there's a lot of introvert in there. I love reading, writing, absorbing knowledge, and just calm. But we also need to get out, look up more. You know, don't keep looking down, look up. So make time to look up at the sky, to get in, you know, and even if you don't want to try cold water immersion, I would say just paddle your feet in. Be aware of the sensations feel your body starting to tingle as it tries to heat you up and that fact alone will make you realize our bodies are amazing like my body's heating me up right now as i immerse it in cold water um and i'd say mindful living um being you know they say happiness is being present happiness is me being here with you right now not thinking about where i'm going next but just giving you being all in right so just making sure in everything that you do, and the studies are showing now that the small mindful moments 
are just as beneficial as sitting down and meditating and doing a, a, a kind of formal practice. So if you're stirring your porridge or you're out in the garden with the kids and you're, you're crunching. So I put a video on YouTube last night and it's um, just daily mindful moments like Bonnie crunching in the grass saying, Mommy, I like the way this feels on my feet, stirring the porridge and being mindful and being there and saying to her, I'm making this with love for you. Um, playing the music and dancing and being lost in it, eating an amazing meal and just really being thankful for it and enjoying it. So bringing mindfulness into every little, you know, as many moments as you can throughout the day, just those little pockets of mindfulness all build up. And that is one huge mojo injection for me. But I could actually talk about this all day. So that is beautiful. And yeah, it just kind of makes me think gratitude because when you're present and you're aware of the small, little, beautiful moments, then you can be grateful for them. And we put more energy towards those things. And those things grow. Can I just say, I watched the video of Bonnie's Kitchen. Oh my God, it's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> oh, I've got like. Phone is so full of videos of her. I really need to upload more, but um, I just love, yeah. I love watching her personality. Yeah, because uh, I came on your podcast to talk about the gut brain, didn't I? And um, Bonnie, Bonnie did a video using apple cider vinegar. I was like, oh, I was so proud. <laughs> she was. Oh, there was all the love there for you. We were talking about you. Um, yeah just she loves plant-based so when she's older she's going to love the podcasts with you and um, when she's old enough to you can come on <laughs> yeah okay well book her that's the yeah, she'd be a great guest i tell you that for nothing um but no I, it's really she loves plant-based so it, it's it's great to watch that's amazing it could be the bonnie and bonnie show maybe one day <laughs> that, that could be powerful yeah. Oh, they get them together sometime. How old is Bonnie again? Three and a bit. She was free in June. Oh, oh they need to meet because Bonnie will. She's never met another Bonnie. She'll oh, love that. We should. Let's do it. Oh, too cute. Plan something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been amazing, and I certainly still blocked up, but feeling so much better. And just thank you, thank you for sharing your honesty and your attitude. And um, yeah, it's just really been very uplifting. And I do encourage everyone to go and buy your book. You're working on a second, but the Mummy Jojo, I can't remember, what is it called? Just Mummy Jojo Mojo Injection, is that right? Um, so it's Mummy Jojo Uncut. But okay. if, you put in, if you put in Jojo Fraser to Amazon, it will come up. And also, at your yeah, time for a mojo injection. So, a lot of books these days have, you know, a big title and then a small title. At the moment, my next book title is just one big title. Um, I'm so excited. Um, so, yeah, but you can find it. It's also in Waterstones in Edinburgh on the top floor. If you can manage walking up the stairs, it's next to a nice cafe and the restoration yard as well. So, a bit out there and I love it out there so I've not really done a lot of work to get it in other places because I've been so busy um, but you know you just grow and you hope that everyone it reaches is actually being I had a message this morning it's um, being used in a book club tonight 
And she said, uh, I won't send you, she said, they're a really tough crowd, but I won't send you anything negative. And I said, please do. I would love to hear, uh, because it's feedback. And I, I don't take it personally. Nothing is personal. It's so interesting to hear what other people think. And that's really good feedback. So I said, please send me all of it. Even if you rate it out of 10, a one, send it. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. And you've done it for the soul more than the ego. You've done that. That was part of your self-love journey, your self-discovery, something that you needed to do. So that's like the intention is beautiful. It's only good. Um, and where yeah, can we find... About... Sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say, it's not about showing off. It's about showing up. Hell yeah to that. I love that. If, if the only thing you can do today is show up, <laughs> put yourself show in the arena. Fully. Yes, absolutely. And where can we find you? Because your blog is amazing. Your podcast is. Thank you. Um, so my website is mummyjojo.com. So that's my blog and um, my podcast is on about 14 channels. Uh, if you type in Jojo Fraser, time for a mojo injection it was a bit silly because I put the book out and then I sort of rebranded to Jojo Fraser but I've still got Mummy Jojo on my website because I kind of love them both and some people just call me Mummy Jojo and some just call me Jojo Fraser so I am both whatever they're just labels at the end of the day they're just labels I'm more than my name you are more than your name and so but yeah you can find me and social channels Instagram Twitter Facebook at uh, Jojo Fraser Mojo and then I'm doing a bit on YouTube that's more for the love I've not pushed it I think I've got about 60 subscribers or something I'm not doing work to push it I'm just loading a lot of stuff on there because I like it and um, so maybe at some point I'll get someone to help me manage that but just there's not enough hours in the day is there I do it for the love I do it for the love <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. And I'm really grateful for your time. And um, yeah, thank you. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you're all feeling the mojo after that. If you would like to find out more or get in touch with Jojo, I have put the link to her website and her social media platforms in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please let me know. It's always really, really awesome to hear from you. Or if you're feeling super inspired, please leave me a review. I have a community for mums on Facebook called the BU Mum Community. This is a closed group where you can come and connect with other mums, find inspiration, information, entertainment, um, and also get empowered to reconnect with you so you can grow into your best self. So please do come along and join and spread the love and share your magic. I've just introduced some new lives into the group where I will be talking about real life situations through the lens of um, functional medicine and nutritional therapy. So unpacking them and coming at them the angle that I would with um, my clients. So um, if that sounds like it would be helpful to you, then please come along and join. I'm also launching an exciting program in the new year, so watch this space um, and I'll be announcing some more information on that soon. 
In the meantime, have a brilliant week. I'll be back next week for another episode of the Be Your Mum podcast. <laughs>